This is Rob Russell with Black Lake. Systematic racism in the National Football League. Not 1940, not 1950. Right here, right now, at the start of 2023. Yesterday was Black Monday in the National Football League, where the owners fire coaches that they hired just two, three, or even one year ago in hopes of turning around a franchise. And I am going to look at, in earnest, the scenario, situation between a Jeff Saturday of the Indianapolis Colts. He came off the TV booth or the curb and I had a problem with Jeff Saturday because I believe that the Ursay family did not interview like-kind candidates, which would be uh, former players. And did he interview Marvin Harrison or Dwight Freeney? I doubt it. Jeff Saturday won one game. If Jeff Saturday won three games, just three, he would be the Indianapolis Colts would have a five-year, $50 million contract waiting for him today. That did not happen. There were two interim coaches this year, and that was uh, Jeff Saturday was one. The other was Steve Wilkes of the Carolina Panthers. If you looked at the two scenarios, uh, the Colts going into the season were more rated, higher rated than the Carolina Panthers there's in terms of expectations. The Carolina Panthers started out 1-3 and three or 1-4 and four with Matt Rule and they fired him. They also did uh, two things. They got rid of the wide receivers and dumped some other talent. So it was really a dumpster heap, a Katrina if you will, and Steve Wilkes won six games. In the history of the National Football League, there have been 96 interim coaches. 18 have had winning records. How many have won six? I doubt it. Maybe one or two. Way back, a great coach, uh, Jeff Fisher, was an interim coach for the Houston Oilers to become the Tennessee Tuxedos or Titans, and he was one in five. He got the job. Rich Basakia of the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, was 7-5. John Gruden did not bring the Raiders to the playoffs. It is the only playoff appearance of the Raiders since 2016. One for seven, Rich Basakia, 7-5. He inherited, inherited a complete fire from John Gruden. He righted the ship. He lost to the Cincinnati Bengals which went to the Super Bowl. He didn't get the job. And right now, I can assure you that Jeff Saturday would be uh, acclaimed a great coach if he won three games. And he's the coach, and you'd see Sports Illustrated, The Ringer, ESPN, oh, they're just going to hire him, the contract's waiting, waiting for the Ursay family to formalize the contract. And yet you have Steve Wilkes, no quarterback in Carolina, Getting rid of players, a complete and utter mess. He won six games. He played for the division title against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and did not win. And when he was hired, David Tepper, the billionaire owner, said, 
if he does an incredible job, uh, he'll get, you know, then we would hire, make him a permanent head coach. How many wins do you need? Is six not good enough? So I'm looking at it and saying, where is the fair playing field? How can black coaches who succeed uh, get the opportunities that their white counterparts would get? And it's a record business. It's observable. It's, it's really interesting that all the media, in the last two weeks, they're talking about playoff scenarios, and they're talking about the Bills and, and the Bengals. They, they, they put all this energy in how they could possibly make up the game between the Bills and, and Bengals, and how the format, and they spent all these uh, pundits and experts, they spent hours dumping this information. None of them want to talk about the minority candidates getting the positions and keeping the positions. As you know, the Washington Post did a four-part series back in October, and they detailed that uh, black coaches who happen to be lucky enough to be head coaches, uh, they get fired quicker. And there's no question, and it takes them X years to even get the opportunity. And I'll take a look. I will compare the 16 black head coaches to any group of coaches in the National Football League. 16, four have gone to the Super Bowl. That's 25%. You would think when you see, you know, owners are in the media, they're all into analytics. What about that analytic? What about Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy going 27 and 5? And all of a sudden, the NFL is not a copycat league. Up. Oh, it is now. It comes back. It goes when it wants to be a copycat league. Anyone that got a cup of coffee for Sean McVay, washed his car, moved in his washer and dryer, he got, they got a job in the National Football League. Uh, we hear about um, media members saying the reason why there's lack of minority candidates is it's an economic issue. <laughs> Too funny. And the former player might not take the entry-level position. Uh, where's the proof on that? Where is the proof that you've called up 10 uh, former players and they rejected the job? Uh, they went their whole life from grammar school, middle school, high school, college, collecting no money for just the hopes to play and make their fortunes. But a Steve Belichick, a Nathaniel Hackett, a Kyle Shanahan, a Rex Ryan, you name it, all these coaches, their fathers, Sean McVay, his grandfather, John Gruden, they're all family connected. Is Andy Reid's bloated son, the one that wiped out the little girl before the Super Bowl, was she a better candidate than Emmett Smith? Was she a better candidate uh, than Antoine Bolden? Uh, probably not. On the initial interview, you've got a 300-pound slob comes in, and they're a better candidate. No, they're not. Anyone who's played in the National Football League and was committed and, and, and showed that what they could do on the field. You could see if someone's a smart uh, football player. They wait for their blocks. They set up uh, the, they set up the double post move. It's all observable. It's very interesting. Sports is about metrics. It's about competition. And right now, we don't have that in the National Football League. I'm going to raise something. We need a coach's combine. The National uh, the Football Network could do a coach's combine and take a look at all these entry-level candidates and say, gee, Steve Belichick, you're a better candidate 
than a former NFL player. I mean, you played rugby. We all know, I mean, the list of coaches in the National Football League, whether it's Wolf, Growy now, the player personnel director, they're all father related. It's a family business. So people that you want to say it's the best, you want to say it's the most competitive league, until that changes, you don't have the most competitive league. You have a family ties. You have blocked the talent, the pool of unbelievable talent from coaching. And you know something? They're pretty damn good. Four, four. You only hire a black coach, just remember this, when you are absolutely at rock bottom. You went through all the uh, former retreads. You went through all the college uh, up upstarts. And then you said, gee, we'll finally give the black guy a coach. And what's going on with the Carolina Panthers is absolutely disgraceful. Steve Wilkes, without question, should be the head coach of that organization. And I don't even want to get into the New York Giants hiring Ben McAdoo, Spagnoli, Joe Judge, uh, Fritz Schirmer. Fritz Schirmer, another one related, his, his family related in the business, all over an Eric Bieniemy, Byron Lefwich. They're the only two offensive coordinators to win a Super Bowl. And to boot, to boot, they're former players, yeah, former players that have not been given a head coaching job. And then you look at the Brian Dable situation, although he had a great year, that's that's non-material. They're 0 for 5 in the last 10 years hiring black coaches. They could have hired Brian Flores. Brian Flores is a better candidate than Brian Dable. No question. It's re You ran an organization, an organization with the Dolphins that were going to dump uh, the season, and the owner wanted the number one pick. Brian Flores won 25 games. And I'll give you another example of the way it works. Adam Gaze coached the Miami Dolphins. Adam Gaze didn't beat Bill Belichick three times. Adam Gaze's first season was his best, then it went ba-boom, ba-boom. Brian Flores inherited that mess and he got them. He started out 1-7. and seven. He righted the ship to 8-8, eight and eight, which again is an incredible feat. That means he didn't lose the locker room. And we know that in the Miami uh, media, they put out these uh, uh, internal uh, notes and uh, that he wasn't good in the building. No one liked him. Well, that's not true. If you're 8-8, eight eight, you started out 1-7, and seven, and you beat Bill Belichick, uh, that is a stamp to get a job. He has a great record against the greatest coach of all time. And he didn't get the Jets job. Remember, Adam Gage was out of, out of work for one week before the Jets came a-knocking. In the same market, the Giants don't even want to give him a face-to-face -face interview. They don't even, he can't even get the job or an interview. And that's the case. Same media market. You would say that the Giants are going to have to want a coach that has dealt with the media, has run a locker room, the head coach, and those 25 wins that Brian Flores put up is vastly superior to Brian Dable. Now, Brian Dable could be the second coming of Bill Walsh. It is not that. It is the fact that the Giants are a marquee franchise. 0 for 5, they were 33 and 64 when they could have hired Eric Bieniemy, James Caldwell. Oops, James Caldwell. Very interesting you bring him up. He went to the Super Bowl. He did a hell of a job with the Detroit Lions. Oh, you know who he reminds me of? His resume. Yep, Tom Coughlin. Before the Giants hired Tom Coughlin, you would say that James Caldwell, his body of work, like...
Tom Coughlin in Jacksonville was very similar. They didn't go back to the proven coach. Oh, nope, we're not going to hire James Caldwell. We're going to hire Ben McAdoo, Joe Judge. Think about it, Joe Judge. And they won 33-64. and 64. Shameful. All skimpy resumes. So let's go back to Carolina. Where's the Charlotte Observer? Where is uh, Tepper, the owner of Charlotte, saying... Uh, the Pan I mean the Carolina Panthers saying this is right. We've got someone who I, uh, he won six games. He should be the coach. He was in a analytical business as a hedge fund operator, a junk bond uh, tepper, the owner, billionaire. So it was all based on numbers. But it, the numbers don't mean a damn thing. It is the color of the skin. And you want to look at another uh, little point of information. Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers is one hell of a coach and in the Boston radio market they were looking at games maybe week four week five and they were you know the betting fan duel uh, draft kings and and they were probably one and three one and four at the time and they were playing maybe the Bengals or the Ravens and the uh, on-air talent said looking at the game I just don't like Mike Tomlin he's not a good coach now if you said that Wayne Gretzky wasn't a good hockey player, or Joe Montana wasn't a good quarterback, the other talent on the air or co-host would say, back it up. What do you got? The, the, they didn't back it up. There's nothing to back it up. It was the color of the skin. There's no question. Mike Tomlin in the Boston media anyway, about five years ago, the same station, they talked about how he's a roll-out-the-balls coach, a game manager, uh, not someone that gets involved in things. And then they said with the Antonio Brown situation, oh, he can't manage the locker room. Okay, he can't manage, nobody could manage Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown came to the Patriots, the great BB couldn't handle him, and then Tom Brady couldn't handle him. And he just keeps winning games. And it's unbelievable that all the coaching opportunities that come up in the NFL, college, they never say, oh, Mike Tomlin's on it. Uh, they'll mention a Jim Harbaugh. They'll they'll mention a Sean Payton. They'll never mention, absolutely never mention a black guy. It's incredible. Bill Cowher still gets mentioned, and uh, so that's where there's systematic racism. Nobody wants to talk about it in the media. Why? Because they got these cushy jobs. They don't want to talk about it and rattle the boat. And the boat deserves to be rattled. But if it was something else, if it was about overtime. If it was about the overtime rule, uh, if it was about free agency, they're going to tell you how to do it. They're going to give you theories to make a change, to make it better. Not one media person outlines a better way to get diversity in coaching. Thank you very much. You're not watching the very best. You're watching a, a family ties league at the upper levels. This is Rob Russell with Black Laces, and I hope to see you soon.